Today, our scripture can be found in the first book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 through 24. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother and sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. Welcome to our Reflection on Sunday for April 27th. <laughs> I, I, I don't record these on the days that you see them, so uh, bear, uh, bear with me doing the math of the date. And if you look at the clothing I'm wearing and and watch the Sunday sermon, you may get an idea of what day I recorded this on. Um, I want us to deal with some things today, and I want to deal with the real world while that we uh, go through it, because there's a lot happening, and there's a lot of challenges that are happening within our lives that it, that is pushing us to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in some very unique ways that we are being called out for we may have never expected. I want to I want to go back. I, so if you saw our sermon on Sunday, I, I created an intentional comparison between Saint John three sixteen and seventeen and First John three sixteen and seventeen, and I shared in Saint John three sixteen how it displays. The heart of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. When we look at St. John 3.16 and 3.17. We see this conversation of what the heart of Jesus Christ. And the compassion of Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, is the one who came to create opportunities of reconciliation. Not to condemn, but to bring places of reconciliation. So then, we move to John, 1 John 3.16 and 17. 1 John 3.16 and 17 shares, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. 
If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother and sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And we're going to throw in 18 for the extra flavoring. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. So Sunday we spent time comparing the heart of Jesus Christ being the one that came not to condemn, but to create a path of reconciliation. And then we look at this scripture and we look at the necessity of being the hands and feet that do the best we can with the best we have to show others that they have a place in the kingdom of God. I want us to remember that that's not an easy path. I want us to remember that sometimes the joy of salvation is just being the one that planted the seed that says that Jesus Christ loves you. And we may not be the ones who get to see that seed become a flower. But we may not be able to be participate in reaping the joys of sharing. But we're a part of the story. I want us to think about that today because I, within ourselves, within myself, there is a value, a self-value that's put in seeing the results of work. Like I did on Sunday, I'm going to warn you right now, the next thing I'm saying is about me. There, there is a personal value that we place on ourselves when we see the results of the work that we put into place. And I'll share with you that even as the pastor of North Coast United Methodist Church in Oceanside, California, there are seeds being planted right now. And I may not be the pastor that's here when those seeds flower, but nonetheless, there is a blessed reality and a blessed importance of being a part of the work of planting those seeds, even if I'm not the one that carries the football into the end zone. We have a place in the kingdom, even when we don't see the results of the rewards. Many of you know I like baseball huge baseball fan. I grew up, I was an Atlanta Braves baseball fan because of where I grew up. Grew up in Martinsville, Virginia. Uh, Virginia at that time, Virginia at this time still does not have a state team. So because of the power of Ted Turner and, and WTBS out of Atlanta, Georgia, I got to listen to the voice of Skip Carey uh, broadcast the Atlanta Braves baseball games, and I got to see such great players as Del Murphy and Bob Horner and Brett Butler and Terry Forrester take the field of some hard-to-watch Atlanta Braves baseball teams. But because of the power of WTBS, Atlanta, Georgia, I got to watch the Atlanta Braves play baseball. And there's always been something about the art. There is an art of baseball that I have seen. And I, I tried to, to lace the imagery of the art of baseball 
in the reality that we have as we use what 1 John 3.17 shares, as we use our best to provide the best message, we may not be the ones that get to see the benefits of it. I'm going to try to explain that to you through a baseball narrative at this time. If you look at the batting order of a baseball team, there's usually a way that the batting order is laid out. Quite commonly, your first and second batters, your first batter is pretty quick. It's somebody that can steal bases and, and advance. And the job of that first batter is to get on base and to move around. The second batter is normally pretty fast, too. And that person's main job is to move that first batter forward so that they can get closer and closer to home base. So your first two batters are pretty quick. Your second batter's probably got a pretty, uh, a pretty strong batting average and can steal a, lot of, steal a lot of bases. Then here comes your third batter. And the third batter is somebody that's probably going to have a pretty high batting average and have a little bit of power so that they can push the ball further out and get that first batter closer to home. And then there's the four spot. And the four spot is the cleanup hitter. And the cleanup hitter normally on most baseball teams is the guy that you think is going to hit that home run. And quite possibly, if batters one, two, and three get on base, number four has the ability to knock a grand slam and clear the bases. The number four batter is the one that gets to benefit from the blessings of getting people home. I want to look at that because a lot of times we are in this emotional place that we're the first batter. We need a lot of help to get home. If you look at this, and all of this narrative is, is, is sowing through 1 John 3, 17, about using our gifts and using our blessings so that other people can find their place in the kingdom of blessings. If we look at our life narratives, a lot of us can easily see how we're that first batter. The first batter, we, we feel like we're good just getting on base. And we need other individuals to step up, to help, to do things necessary, to help us advance to the next place until we finally get to that last spot and we meet that person that helps us get home. Many of us get to find the benefits of having so many dear souls and so many dear friends helping us advance the basis of our lives, but there's something that exists within that is it's very, very rare that that first batter is the person that gets to experience the blessings of being the person that brought someone else home. Now, all of the sports fans are yelling at me because in the history of baseball, there has been leadoff hitters that could hit home runs. And right now, Ricky Henderson is jumping in my mind, and that's fair, but it's not the commonplace. And within our lives in the commonplace, 
There's so many times that we feel more like the leadoff hitter who needs two, three, and four, three other people that help us get to a place that we can be a part of the blessing. But I'll share with you, even if you feel that way, when the second, third, and fourth batters finally get you home, you are a part of the overall blessing for the team that there's been another blessing made in the score. Now, some of us, some of us desire and we long, especially as we look at this verse, this 1 John 3.17, about using our gifts and our possessions and helping other people find their place in it. We long to be the number four batter. We want to be the ones who come in and we want to be the ones that hit the home runs. And we want so direly bad to be the ones that go out on soul winning visitation on Tuesday night. And we sit down and we have the sinner's prayer with someone and we come back home and we say we want another one for Jesus Christ. We want to be that person. But that person doesn't get to that place without all of the other people who have played a part in telling the story to get there. And if you're a true sports fan, you know that there's times that we have seen our home run heroes come up the base. And just like the mighty Casey in in the story, we have seen them want to hit a home run so bad that they make batting mistakes and actually strike out and hurt the team instead of being patient and calm and remembering their place in the batting order and doing what is needed that will actually help the situation. I've seen so many times, and it's one of the complaints I hear a lot about organized faith, I've heard so many times conversations of individuals who have been hurt and made to feel less than because there was somebody who stepped up to hit a home run way before a seed was ever planted with that first batter to grow and to progress and to move that person into a place where that they could truly experience the true blessing of what it means to interact with Jesus Christ. I've seen so many people pushed away because they haven't found their place within the narrative of that story. Here's here's what I like about this batting order analogy of helping someone find their place in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This whole batting order tells a story. The first batter is a person that needs to get on base and they are the one that introduces the individual to the story. And and they begin to help that person find their place in it. As a sports fan, we get that guy on base and we want to watch. We want to watch him progress. We want to watch him play his part in the overall story of being moved forward to a point that he scores a run for the home team. And... As I say that out loud, if you feel like that you're the first batter that that doesn't get to be a part of the home run, you are a part of the home run because you introduce someone to the story and they get to watch you live through the story. 
we got to have that second batter to advance the story in some way that individuals began to not just watch the first person to see what they're doing, but then they began to become intertwined in the story to see the importance of other participants helping that first person advance. And as we see other participants participate, we see the possibility that we might be able to participate in the story as well. And then the excitement brews up when that third batter comes up. And there's a potential that third batter could get that score. And we get, we get deep into the story. We're drawn into the story. We're, we're sitting at the edge of our seats. And we're, we're excited to see that we've already been a part of that first batter's story. We've learned that it takes participants through the second batter's participation and then we see that good things can happen by participating when that third batter comes up and we're sitting at the edge of our seats of excitement and then the home run hitter comes up at number four spot and then we see the story we're intertwined in the story because we see it takes participants to make good things happen we get to see the apex of wonderful and beautiful things taking place. And then we see that it can be real and victories can happen because we have been a part of the overall story. I want us to think about that. Especially my dear friends that I shared with you, you may feel like that first batter that needs everybody else to do something to help you get along. That's true, but still your story matters and the victory. Hopefully we find our places in overall participation that we see that the more we participate, the more that we add to the story until one day, not even realizing it, we're that home run hitter and we get to see the blessing. But I want to share with you even if you're not that number four batter that brings a run in, at some point you still planted the seed to open an opportunity for another person to find their connection to the story. I want you to hold on to that narrative that we all have a place in the story and we may not be the one that scores the run and we get to celebrate being the one that held a person's hand when they received Jesus Christ as their Savior. But I want us to just to remember, as long as we're doing the best we can with what we have, and we are participating in the work of the overall team, we may not hold their hands to the altar, but we definitely are planting seeds that makes that reception possible. We all have a part of the story if we're using our gifts and our graces to participate in the team. That's the passion I want you to have with it. Again, as we look at John 3.16, and we celebrate the reality that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, St. John 3, 16 and 17. 
we see that Jesus Christ is the coach. The compassion in the heart that opens opportunities for others to find their place at the table of grace. And then as we look at 1 John 3, 16 and 17, we see our place as gifted players that are called to participate. And whether that we're the one that's just trying to get on base or, and plant the seed, or we're the one that brings the runs in to score, we all have a heart in the narrative, and we all have gifts for the narrative that can make transformation possible for someone else. Thank you for, for listening to this story. Not every sermon's for everybody. If you're a sports fan and you got it all and loved it, amen. And if you're not a sports fan, hopefully that you at least found a connection to the reality that when we find our gift and our gifted way to participate, wonderful things can happen in the lives of other people. Thank you for being in this conversation with me. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.